Welcome to the podcast series of Family Insights, powered by the Orthodox Christian Network and Family Life Ministry. We welcome Paula Marchman, Managing Director for the Metropolis of Atlanta Family Life Ministry, and Eleni Alexiou, Managing Director for the Orthodox Christian Network. This time of year where you get a little bit more downtime, so to speak, because things have officially switched into gears, and you can't believe that you're in the fall already, right? I know. It's sort of like we go so fast, I just have to catch up with myself <laughs> and take a deep breath and go, okay. You got what it. Tell me, I, I can't believe that fall is already kicking in so fast. Oh, yeah. Where did yeah. September go? Definitely. Um, and with all the extra time you know, that we have, I feel like it's a great time to also reflect in that routines are already established and things have been organized a little bit differently. So you were sharing with me the other day that you read recently um, and were encouraging parents to read a book. Yes. Yes, uh, Dr. Philip Mamalakis has been working on this book for a long time. He shared with me one day about two years ago. He was working for a long time. And it just came out this year, and I um, was facilitating a retreat, family mm-hmm. retreat, um, in Wilmington. And I referenced the book, and I read it, and it was so inspiring, so enlightening, and just not burdened to, you know, where, you, oh, I have to do that. It was just an amazing book called Parenting Toward the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'd love Great. to talk about that this morning because okay. I did use a lot of his words and ideas in the family retreat, and it was very well received. That's great. That's great. Uh, what were some of the key points? I mean, it makes sense based on what you're saying about the book. I haven't had a chance, uh, unfortunately, before we recorded this to read it. I didn't get that much time to slow down. Oh, you have to. You have, and it, it, it's an enjoyable book. Philip puts a lot of his stories, his experiences with his children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all learn through stories Absolutely. more than anything else. And you just really connect to his stories and getting the point. And the two basic points I get from from it that are really, really important is talking about what we just did this morning, about just processing through so quick from one activity or one responsibility to the other. Philip um, really discusses what are we doing as parents? Are Yes, the the short-term parenting to keep, you know, our kids from hurting themselves, to keep the family going, to keep the schedules, as you well know, are important. But sometimes our parenting is all about the short-term. And Philip is like, let's look at the long-term. And he asks some really good questions, like, what kind of adult do you want your child to grow into? How do you want them to be as a parent? You know, and what are we doing in our homes to feed that, to, you know, grow the kind of person we want our children to be? He talked about the long term. Those are three good points, but can you go back and repeat them again? Yes. So the first point Philip talks about, and actually there are three points. The first point is looking at parenting toward 
the kingdom? What is it that we need to be doing in our parenting in the different seasons as our children grow to connect them and point Mm -hmm. them to the kingdom, to Christ? That is long-term parenting, where short-term parenting is surviving day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important, but he really challenges the reader, the parent, to look at the long-term commitment and the long-term process and right. not getting distracted and focusing only on the day-to-day um, in the short-term goals. And mm-hmm. we can talk about some of the traps of short-term goals, um, but right now that was the first point is to take a long-term perspective. So what's an example for some of our listeners today? I think that's great how I broke it down. I'm glad to hear that that's happening. Um, I think it's helpful, obviously, as we always say, uh, to tell stories and what that, what that looks like. Did you mm-hmm. get any insight from your recent family retreat or have a story about that? Well, uh, Philip had a beautiful story um, in the book. And, in fact, a couple, two of the people in the group had read Philip's book. So I said, do you all remember the story when Philip came home from work and his little girl was standing on the dining room table and all the rest of the children were busy doing things and trying to coax her down. Oh, you're going to get in trouble. What are you doing? So he walked in, of course, tired from the day glad to be home, and all of this yelling and chaos is going on. And the little one looks at him, freezes, and he stops, he surveys what's going on, he looks at what the other children are doing, and he looks at his little daughter, and and actually one of the men in the group told the story. I let him tell the story because he said it so beautifully, and he remembered every word. And he said Mm -hmm. he looked at her instead of saying, short-term parenting would be, how do I get everybody peaceful and quiet and nobody gets hurt? But instead, he looked at long-term. What is her real need here? And he said, honey, do you need a hug? And she said, yes, daddy. And he hugged her and he held her because that's what she needed. And later he talked to her about, you know, we don't get on the table, but when we need attention, all the rest of the children were ignoring her, not playing with her. Mm -hmm. And he discussed that's not what we do. But in the moments he engaged into what she was really communicating. And the second point Philip talks about in the book so beautifully is that our children um, need connection. We as human beings need connection. We were created in God's image, and God's image is about relationships. He says connection is food for our children's soul. Right. There's something about that, though, that I think in today's, day and age that connection is something different than the word that we use every day. Um, I'm, I'm working with younger and younger people even than me. I've become like a veteran parent in some social circles depending. And I've just found that 
what does it mean to connect with your child, whether we're talking in, in the terms of long-term or short-term process, and how that changes as a parent? Connecting with your child is what? Well, connecting with your child, and he said some very important parts. We think, and when I was raising my children, I thought, okay, I have to constantly keep talking. I've told them, be careful of that, or watch for that, or make sure you do that. Um, so it was more of what I'm saying and the mm. urgency. But he said, if you think about how children learn, they that's probably the third or fourth in priority of what you're saying, that children learn by how we live. How are we taking time to pray and be thankful? How are we interacting in the grocery store with the clerk how, when we're driving? How are we relating and what are we saying to the other drivers? Are we saying, oh, let's say a prayer for this woman who is dodging in and out in front of me. She must be in a hurry. Something must be wrong. Let's give her a little prayer. Or, you know, we all do the other one of complaining and calling names. So Philip discusses children learn, number one, how they see their parents living and what I like to call the family system, what's going on in the house, but also how we're relating outside the house, and especially with the church. Are we connected to the church? Are we a church family? And what do they see in our churches? And I'd like to do a podcast about that about we are families in our home, but we are also families in the church. And how do we conscientiously project these things to our children of putting Christ in the center of our lives and being Christ-like, even in the system of being a family in church? Number one, how we live. Number two, our children connect to how we relate to them. Do we, you know, look at them in the face? Do we do, we've, called, we've talked about active listening. Do we take the time to connect and hear their hearts and hear their struggles? In fact, he says it's in the struggles that our children learn the most. How do we deal when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the whole book spins around that and really gives a lot of information. How we live as parents in our home and outside our home, how we relate to our children and their unique gifts, and also how they belong, the safety of family, and what we say. And those are the three ways that our children learn, the top three. So we need to be modeling the person we want our children to become. He quotes Robert Falcom, all I really need to know I learned mm -hmm. in kindergarten. Don't right. worry that your children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. Don't you love that? I do, and I think what you said is really powerful. I'm just wondering if we can break it down even, even to more and some activities that I've learned along the ways too. Nobody's a perfect parent. I often That's hear that. That's right. And if, think if you can break it down to a daily connection that you make. That means one child, one adult. 
whether, you know, I, I met someone the other day that she told me, you know, I actually am raising, this is not my daughter, this is my granddaughter. I'm her mom, mm. but I'm raising her. Uh, her parents are no longer here. And so that adult connection, regardless of whether it's actually physically her mother, that's who this, this child sees as her mom. So the best way I can conceivably break this down into activity is thinking of, like, filling a cup. So if you spent 10 minutes a day just connecting with your child, so one adult, so, like, one child, actually mm-hmm. doing things, I think that's the pieces that I have found, like, in play groups, mommy and me things, little angels, little lambs, whatever everyone calls it, um, finding that time to be tuned in to actually what somebody wants, but what does that mean? Like, I often find that the downtime becomes downtime where someone's plugged into something but not necessarily connected to another person. So, like, a few, a few activities that could be just some joyful, fun ways to play with your kids, like play hide-and-seek, play a board oh. game. Yes. Tickle, you know, tickle each other, dance crazy to some music. Well, connection is simple. It could be a smile. It could be a few kind words. It could be a gentle touch. It could be like Philip did with his younger daughter. Yeah. Honey, do you need a hug? Are you lonely? You know, what's going on? Yeah, Daddy, no one's playing with me. It's that just there's small pieces of connection. As human beings, we, we need that. We need to connect and to be heard, understood. And then we do also need the discipline of learning better ways to do things, and he talks about that. But you're right. Connection can be very playful. How do our kids learn? That should be number four. That probably should be number one. Our kids learn by playing. Right. My favorite uh, thing is actually sitting with many families in counseling and watching the interaction. And many times, you know, somebody told me once there was board games there for them to pick up and start playing. They just sat quietly in the room staring at one another, not knowing how to engage and play or to be at, in that moment. So I think, you know, some of those simple activities that we might be saying they're simple, you actually need that skill to know that this is something that is okay. It's okay for a grown adult to be playing with their child on the playground. Or, you know, it's okay to go play chase or tag. Uh, it, you don't have to be that perfect disciplinary parent like, like we've been talking about today in the short term. Those long-term things, my husband and I always go back to, like, what do you remember from childhood? It's snippets. It's not a full recording. Right. Right. You remember connection times, whether it's on vacation, whether it's family nights playing games. Um, I love when schools promote, you know, Wednesday night, we don't have homework because it's family night. And so you're very intentional. And because the world we live in does not create family night. And what you talked about earlier is we are distracted. So I'll observe um, different people, even in environments and restaurants. We've talked about that. There is a lot of distraction in our world, and we've talked about technology. And parents, there are great articles about a child looking at a parent, and the parent is on their cell phone. We have to put our cell phones down and play hide-and-seek or play and tell our children, I want to connect with you fully. 
not until my cell phone buzzes or not until I have to ask Siri a question. Uh, my son, Michael, who has three children, yesterday was telling me, he said, you know, Mom, I used to love thinking about something and going to the encyclopedia and searching for it. He said, now it's easy. We ask Siri or Alexa. Alexa, we don't even have to pick up the phone. He said, something is lost in that because we would look together in the encyclopedia. We would discuss it. I didn't have a Siri or Alexa to give me the answer instantly. You know, let's get it quick and not even talk about, oh, that's information. Our biggest distraction is all this information, which can be good, but can also be um, just so destructive for creating connection and parenting, effective parenting strategies. And even the way we live, don't you think our kids are watching us? on the cell phone or texting while we're driving or yelling at people we don't even know um, and getting stressed out. Our children are watching us. If you want your child to learn self-control, then you need to have self-control in your actions, even with your children. Philip says that. If you want to teach your children to think before they act, so they're not reacting but they're responding, then you need to take that deep breath and respond instead of you know, big bear, fight or flight. That's reaction, reacting. Right. Right. You want to teach your children how to treat people with respect? They need to see you treating others and even them and your spouses with respect. Those are things we have to be intentional. We have to have the conversation. What does that look like? And then we have to have, as parents, as adults, we need to have a plan. We need to think about it. What do I want my child to learn and witness from me? Do you want them to hear you pray out loud and before meals? Do you want them to see you being kind? Do you want them to see you when the clerk gives you too much change back at the grocery store saying, oh, great, well, that balances out because I think they cheated me every other time, a nickel and dime, so I'm not going to tell her, even though, you know, her register will be short. Or do you want them to see you go, ma'am, I'm sorry to say this, but I have too much money here. I I gave you a 10, not a 20. Those are things we have to take the time to do. We could be in a hurry and go, I don't have time for this. I'll just check with it later. So finding that that deep connection. With yourself and God. It's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to connect with ourselves and God and take the time without the distractions to be intentional. And so when Philip walked in with the little girl on the table, he could have had the short-term goal. The short-term goal is what? How do I create peace in this house and so everyone can just be quiet and do what they have to do? So a peaceful home, right? Right. He says peace will come, but not a peace that avoids or reacts to struggle, rather one that comes through the struggle. Beautiful. Also, I remember as a parent, my children in church, and if they misbehaved, they were just being children. But I thought, oh, no, short term. I've got to protect my pride as a parent. What are they going to say? What is 
Garcia Ethel going to say about, oh, you know, Pelaya's children, Paula's children are badly behaved. They don't know how to behave. So it was my pride as a parent that I had to discipline and correct them right then without even addressing they're being children, talk to them, teach them. We need to be the perfect parent. Right. That's a short-term goal. Right. Can you think of another one, Eleni? Well, there's a lot of things. I think it's just like corralling the chaos for a lot of people um, mm-hmm. in their everyday life, which looks very different given a certain day. Um, I think, it, you know, a simple explanation is, you know, I'm having a difficult time with my, you know, you know with my teenage son. And so I'll wait until my husband gets home to deal with it because I don't have the energy to deal with it. In the meantime, there's nothing that's positive that goes on, just a message that gets passed on that, you know, I'm going to wait until your dad gets home. He's been traveling. He's going to deal with it when he gets home. He comes in. It's almost like a setup. Mm. You know, I, I think the, the bigger piece is deeply connecting with your child in the here and now and making it happen. I, I've heard you know, parents saying, I actually don't even enjoy playing. What does that look like? What do you mean? What do you do? We're, we're expecting that generationally to generation that we've just learned some of these things. They're not necessarily learned things. It's something that we have to challenge ourselves to do. And I think that's, at least for me, to, for the listeners for today, to say, challenge you to kind of put it out there to your family. Check in. Like, think about it with your significant other, your spouse, and what does it mean? What does it mean for you to have short, these short-term goals that you mentioned? Well, actually, not to have the short-term goals, to have the long-term goals, to know what your short-term goals, whether they're being the perfect right. parent or protecting our children from struggles. Oh, honey, you fell down. Oh, don't get back on those roller skates. It's okay. But really to help and connect them and navigate through the struggles. And that is where they grow, through the struggles. And not, you know, to be aware of the short-term goals, and those are boots on the ground. You do that to survive, but not to forget the long-term goals. The discussion needs to be, hey, honey, what kind of adults do you want our children to be? Or asking even yourself, what am I parenting toward? What am I parenting toward? Toward the kingdom, the kingdom of God? Do I want them to be nurturing disciples? Do, we, do I want them to be citizens of heaven? Do I want them to be kind? Do I want them to appreciate life? And um, do I want them to grow connecting to God first, love God first with all your mind, heart, and soul, and then love others? as Christ has shown us, or as I love myself. Those are the discussions is, okay, short term, I get it. This is what we have to do right now in this school season or summer season. But what is it we're really parenting toward? I just want to add, and I, I hear what you're saying. I want to add, though, that the short-term goals can also be a positive thing. You know, what can I do? What can I do to connect with my child today? If I only have 10 minutes, what can I do to connect with my child? And that can be a positive thing. Yes. Yeah. I see. Again, being intentional and making the short-term goals effective and important. And little things add up to relationship. It's the little things that count. I think you've been saying that this morning. It's the little things, Paula, 
that are intentional and connect, like playing hide-and-go-seek or a, a little game or reading a little book together. Isn't it always a, a balance of both, like you said? I think we've given our listeners a lot to think about. Thanks, Paula. Thanks for listening and joining us. We'll be back every other week to fit into your busy time schedule. You can find us at myocn.net and at Family Life via the links below. This program is brought to you by the Callas Foundation, Family Life Ministry, and the Orthodox Christian Network.